Praises to the Most High God. Isn't he a worthy God? Isn't he a wonderful God? Isn't he a matchless God? Isn't he King of kings and Lord of lords? Hallelujah. And he's worthy of the praise. When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head at rest, I am blessed. Hallelujah. I am blessed. If you're blessed, go ahead and praise him like you got, like you're blessed. Praise him like you know he's good. Praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Grateful. Hallelujah. A grateful people have a grateful praise. So, so good. So good to be in the house of the Lord amongst the people of God. Amen. I, I appreciate the atmosphere. It started with you, Sister Ruth, and when you set the tone in, in prayer, just feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Now, now I, I'd like to do something just a little different for a moment. So we were loud and we're making noise, which is beautiful because it says that we can make noise before the Lord. But I want you to understand that the same power is good when you're quiet. So now what we do, we're just going to lift our hands. We're not going to make a lot of noise, but just, can you still feel his presence? Yeah. All right. I just did that because it, there may come a time when you're out there in the world and you can't yell. Don't worry about it. You still got his presence. I'll do it loud or I'll do it quiet, but either way, I'm going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Father, Heavenly Father, God, praising your name and appreciating you for all that you are and all that you mean. God, I'm praying that you would uh, think through my mind, speak through my mouth, God, that you would illuminate my lips as well as the ears of the hearers and the hearts of the hearers, God. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. God, we thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, unhindered, uninterrupted, and unchecked by any satanic or demonic forces. We thank you, God, that the power of God will be made manifest, and we appreciate it for it in Jesus' name, and we know no one's coming will be in vain. Amen and amen. Before I move on, I just want to say you are awesome. All of you. You are awesome. You are special, and I appreciate you. I could preach to empty pews, but it feels much better when I have people to talk to. So thank you. And of course, you guys are online. I appreciate you tuning in. So just thank you for being you. And how about you give yourselves a hand? It's often talked about how much you need to come to church and how much you need to do and how you should do better and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes people forget to tell you, we appreciate you. So I just want you to know that you are appreciated, and I hope you feel the love every time you walk through the doors. Actually, before you even get on the doors, when you just stand on the grounds of this building, we hope you feel the love of God, because that is the goal. 
All right, with our Bibles in our hands, would you just repeat after me? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. All right, and finally, we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. All right, put your hands together if you believe you're going to be fed this morning. All right, move, moving right, right along. And last week, we spoke on the Good Shepherd. And we took some time to uh, explain that. And, and it just it, it got a lot of reviews from you guys. You seem to really enjoy that message. So we're going to continue to move in that vein a little. Let's. Uh, give us some recap and how we basically f- uh, finished uh, it, or really the, the crux of what last week was about. Let's look at John 10, 11, and would you read that, Mother Mitchell? This was Jesus' words. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So who is more good than Jesus Christ? He was the good and the great shepherd, and he laid down his life for you and I. So we, we worked through that, and then we went into Revelation and just showed you the fullness. And I even heard Sister Ruth mention it earlier today. We talked about him being the lion of the tribe of Judah. So today's sermon is going to piggyback off of that, but we're going to turn in a different corner because it doesn't do us any good to have a good shepherd if we are this, and, and this is today's title, the lost sheep. Somebody say the lost sheep. The lost sheep. So we have the good shepherd, and then we have the lost sheep. And so, how do we reconcile the difference between the good shepherd and the lost sheep? Let's let's go back to one thing we talked about last week: sheep characteristics. Let's pick that back up, and then we're going to. Uh, Use the same definition we use, and then we're going to show you how we're moving this morning. So, sheep are meek animals. They are usually very quiet and gentle, holding themselves aloof from the world. In a herd, all the sheep tend to listen to their leaders and show esteem to them. That is amazing. So, if that is the case, how do they get lost? If sheep are that focused, why is it that sheep often get lost? And so I actually uh, studied it, and I'm going to give us six reasons. So first of all, we're going to ask the question, why do sheep get lost? That's the question I want to pose to you. It's the question that I'm going to answer for you if you just buckle your seatbelt and go with me. And then we're going to tie it into Scripture. So we're going to deal with Six reasons why sheep get lost. Six major reasons why they get lost. When I was studying, they gave us eight reasons. I chose six for the reason that six represents the number. It's a number that represents man. Seven is a number that represents God in what you call the study of numerology. 
and six represents man. And so we, what we're doing, we're going to look at natural sheep. We're not talking about spiritual sheep right now. We're talking about natural sheep, the animal, why they get lost, six reasons why they get lost. But we're actually looking at it, how it relates to us as human beings, because we're very, very similar. So let's put up reason number one. And here's a simple one. Sheep are followers. That is simple as simple can be. Sheep are followers, but because they are followers, they have a tendency to follow the wrong things. And if they follow the wrong things, they will get lost. That brings us to reason number two. Reason number two is simply this. Sheep need strong leaders. So the weaker the leader the more likely the sheep will get lost. So they're followers by nature, and since they're followers, they are looking for a leader, but if they have a weak leader, they will oftentimes get lost. Let's pick it up and go to the third one. The third reason why is because sheep are social creatures. They are followers but they also like to socialize. In other words, they enjoy the flock. The problem with that is because they are followers and they enjoy the flock, if the flock gets lost, they just follow right along. One scripture says the blind shouldn't lead the blind because everybody's going to end up in the ditch. The problem with sheep is they often don't know who to follow, but they will always follow something. And since they are social creatures, they tend to follow the crowd. Now, of course, I'm talking about the animal, but you're starting to, to on your own, paint the picture as it relates to humans. Humans need something to follow. But if they have the wrong thing to follow, they many times get lost. But outside of that, even if the leader is good, they have a tendency to do whatever the pack is doing. Let me talk to us Christians just for a second. Yeah, it's easy to be saved in the building. But when you get out there with the rest of the flock, it's a little harder to stand on your own. See, see, God may have blessed you with the job. You were making $7 an hour. Now you're making $22 an hour. And when you got the job, you were so happy. But six months in, when everybody else complained, you complained. You forget that six months before that, you was begging for a job. But since the crowd is complaining, you tend to complain because social creatures. And if the crowd goes out drinking and clubbing, and acting a fool. Even though you're a Christian, you have a tendency to want to do what everybody else is doing. So even though we have a good shepherd, we can end up being lost sheep because the nature of who we are. Let, 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 let me push a little further and I'm going to turn a corner on you because it, it won't seem to make sense, but I'll make it make sense. Uh, reason number four, sheep need personal space. This is quite interesting. So sheep like to flock together and sometimes they get lost when everybody else gets lost. 
but they also like their own personal space. And because they like their own personal space, they tend to get lost all by themselves. Let me paint the picture as it relates to humans. As humans, many times we get lost because we follow the crowd. In other words, we get tempted from without. But we also get lost because we get tempted from within. So even if the crowd ain't acting up, there are days I want to act up. Because in my personal space, I have my own issues. And so sometimes we get lost trying to keep up with everybody else. And sometimes we get lost all by ourselves. Uh, It's nice that I can tell Jesus the reason why I got lost, it was Teresa's fault. But what about when I got lost all by myself? Now, now let me tell you that I have gotten lost using GPS. I heard the GPS tell me, go this direction, but it didn't feel right to me, so I went another direction and got lost and was mad at the GPS, but it wasn't nobody's fault but my own. I'm here to let you know in this day and age, you can't blame the pastor, you can't blame Trump, you can't blame Biden. Some of your own problem is you by yourself. Michael Jackson said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm asking him to change his ways. So sheep get lost following the crowd, but they get lost all by themselves. And if I'm being honest, I'm a stubborn person. And being a stubborn person, I stop following the crowd. I like to do things on my own. And on my own, I still got lost. Saved and lost. Saved and confused. Saved and addicted. And it wasn't nobody else's fault but my own. Let's, let, let's move on. Let's look at number five. Reasons why sheep. Get lost from reason number five. Sheep are scaredy sheep. They're scaredy animals. Where we get the the terminology scaredy cats. Sheep by nature are fearful. So the first sign of the enemy. Sheep have very good smell. So even when they don't see the enemy. They can smell the enemy. And even though the good shepherd is telling them to hold it together, sheep have a tendency to run because they're scared. Sometimes we don't get in trouble just because we're following the crowd and just because we're doing our own thing, but fear gets a hold of us. And when we should be moving forward, we start running. And when we should be standing still, we get scared. We let everything scare us. And I'm not against it, but for some of y'all, you don't need it. Some of y'all don't need the news. I'm not against the news because the news informs us, but some of y'all are so fearful, you need to turn it off. Because everything scares you. Every sound in your house scares you. Uh, They said in the news, they're breaking in homes. Yeah, but that was in Alabama. You you all the way in Muncie. Why, Why are you so afraid? Learn how to pull yourself together, but by nature, you're fearful. Here's another thing that we're fearful of by nature. We're fearful of the unknown. It may not even be danger at all. It's just that it's new and it's unknown and I'm automatically scared. But here's the thing about us. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So most of what you do is going to be unknown. 
So if you're afraid of the unknown, you will never walk in faith. Because God never shows us the whole picture. He only shows us glimpses. And if you're afraid after the glimpse, you'll never move forward. Some of y'all have talked yourself out of going back to school for 10, for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And now you say, I'm too old to go back to school. But when God first gave it to you, you weren't too old. But you've been scared so long because it's new. It's different. It's scary, but don't you serve a good, good shepherd? But if you focus on the fear, you're going to be a lost sheep. And guess what? The enemy comes to do. We talked about it last week. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So guess what? He's going to come. He's going to attack. He's going to bother you. And if you are a fraidy cat, you will never do anything big for God. If you're always scared, you will never get off of the pot. Because I'm in church, I won't say the same, but somebody says, do something or get off the pot. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, but I'm in church, so I won't say it, but but this great big world is filled with unknowns but on the other side of the unknown it might be a blessing there might be joy on the other side of depression there might be a new relationship on the other side of the divorce maybe that 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 relationship that's tearing you apart maybe there's somebody else for you but you got to be willing to let go of what is familiar but familiar is not as scary as the unfamiliar Here's here's another thing to to move on. Let's look at reason number six. And after I explain this one, we'll run through the reasons again, and then we'll move on into scripture. Reason number six, a sheep's vision is weird. Sheep, their eyes are on the side. So they have great peripheral vision, and they can see behind them, but they can barely see in front of their nose. That's why they need a shepherd to lead them. So as humans, we can see everything around us and we can see the past, but we have a hard time seeing the future. And the reason why many times we don't move forward in God and we get lost is we look at what everybody else is doing and we're stuck in the past. If you're going to move in God, you got to start worrying about to your right and worrying about to your left and worry about what's behind you and start looking forward. Now, when you get in your car and you leave out this parking lot, one thing you know is that your right side mirror and your left side mirror is small and your rear view mirror is small. And the biggest thing is the windshield mirror. It's not even a mirror. It's the windshield. Because you're made to look ahead. You may have to glance to the right and glance to the left and glance behind you, but it's designed for you to move forward. Nobody should be driving always looking back. Now, if you're going in reverse, you need to look back. But when you put it in drive, you need to look forward give you a, a, a testimony. It doesn't make me look too good. Some of my testimonies make me look good, but this one don't make me look too good. My mother right now in her house has a garage that the garage door won't open. 
and they turned the garage into a room. The reason why they turned the garage into a room, because when I was young and living with my parents and I was driving, I was driving my, my sister's car. My sister's ha- car had a, a trouble that when you would first put it in reverse, it would cut off as you were trying to back out of the driveway. And so you would have to put it in drive and then put it in reverse and hit the gas and go on back. So I did that except for when I hit the gas, I was still in reverse. And I'm looking back this way and the car went forward. And I went through the garage, halfway through the garage, and I had to tell my parents, uh, sorry, y'all, I, I done tore up y'all garage. <laughs> Good thing about it was I was on my way to prayer. So at least I, I, at least I wasn't cut up. I was, I was actually on my way to prayer that morning. But I tore up the garage because I was moving forward but still looking back. How many are still in 1995 and still in 2006 and still in 87? But this is 2022. And let me stop you for a second. Some of y'all are still in January 2022, but we're in March 2022. You got to move forward. And the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. They lose hope. If you don't have something to look forward to, you're going to lose yourself. And that's why every Sunday morning, I try to stir you up to believe for what is next. Yes, I can get up here and talk about all the things that are going wrong and all the trials we have and all the trouble we have. But who wants to hear that? I need a preacher that will give me some faith to move forward. Got to move forward. There's still hope for it. There, there, there's, still, there's still some joy for it. Yes, I got pain now, but I might not be hurting forever. Yes, I may be sick now, but I may not be sick forever. Yes, I may be poor now, but I may not be poor forever. So I'm always looking for the future and looking forward. But here's the thing. I'm looking forward with a good shepherd, somebody that can lead me. And so when you are a visionary, things don't always fall into place right away. The greatest businesses don't always become a great business with everything lining up the way it seems to line up. Many times things happen by accident. I was, I was uh, reading a story about uh, something that was happened so much by accident. There was uh, this particular uh, clay that they were using, and they were using it to uh, cure this type of ink thing that was going on. Well, the the uh, economy, they stopped using that ink. And so the person who was making this clay no longer had a reason to make the clay, except for his sister-in-law decided to grab the wasted clay and took it into her classroom and gave it to the kids to play with. And later on, they call it Play-Doh. And they still sell in Play-Doh today, but Play-Doh wasn't made to be Play-Doh. But once one season dried up, someone had a creative idea. Let's not throw it away. Maybe it's still worth something. And I'm here to let you know one season has dried up, but maybe your next season is greater than what you've ever understood. 
And so for years and years and years, and even in my house, I got Play-Doh in my carpet and Play-Doh on my table because people keep buying my daughter Play-Doh every year. And since my daughter ain't here, don't buy her no more Play-Doh, please. But here's the thing, something, God always knew it was really created to be Play-Doh, but the person never knew. You, you, you are much greater than what you ever understood, but life has beat you down so hard and so low, it makes you think life is over, but I'm here to let you know life is just getting started for you. You are just stepping into what God has for you. All right, let, let, let's see if we can read the scripture. I, I did enough of that. Let's get into some scripture. We're going to break it out with just uh, putting up names of people who, who are the writers or the books that we're coming from. Let's look at what Isaiah says. Let's look at Isaiah 53 and 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Well, I, I, I like this because it puts us all in the same group. We all like sheep have gone astray. And let, let, let's put the verse back up again. I, I, want, I want to read it myself because it says we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord got sick of all of us and getting ready to whoop us all and judge us all because we're crazy and we ain't no good. But that's what it should say. But that's not what it says. It says, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, what makes him such a good shepherd is even though he should be making us pay for our sins, he put the price of all our sins on one shepherd, yeah. on him. Now, now if, if, if that doesn't thrill you, let's go to the verse ahead and let's see if this will help you. Let's look at the verse ahead, which will be 53.5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Mm. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. Oh, the reason why he's so good is because we were so bad. But the Bible says God knew. Now, this is Isaiah prophesying the day of Jesus saying there's somebody coming and God's going to place the iniquity of us all on him. And he's going to wound him and he's going to beat him and he's going to chastise him. And it's not that Jesus did anything wrong, but he's paying for all of us. Yeah. So in other words, when the sheep get lost, the shepherd pays. When the sheep fail, the shepherd pays. When, when the sheep mess up, the shepherd pays. But here's the thing about it. The shepherd paid ahead of time. He already swiped his credit card. So what I need you to understand, no matter what you may do tomorrow, even if you do slip and fall, your shepherd is so good. He already paid the price just in case. So since the price is paid just in case, I might as well live high. I might as well live right. I might as well live holy because he already paid the price for me to live holy. Now, if I was my father, I would say it the way he would say it. He would say, if you paid for me to go to a hotel and you paid for me to be in the four seasons, then why would I go and check into the motel two and a half? That's what Bishop would always say. If the price is paid for the four seasons, why would I live beneath my prison? If he's already paid the price, I'm going high as I can go. 
Yes, there's been some days I've been at the motel, but I'm coming out of that motel living. I'm coming out of that motel mentality. I'm getting ready to live the best way I can live because it reflects on my shepherd. It makes my shepherd look bad when I live low. So guess what? Yes, I was lost, but now that I'm found, I'm going to live up to the level that reflects the good shepherd that I have. All right, let's, let's pick up verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Now, we are the lost sheep, but he became the sheep that was lost, and he became the sheep that was slaughtered for us, for you and for me. It was there. Brother Draylon, sometimes I got to wake my my helpers up back there because sometimes my helpers are lost sheep. But I'm still a good shepherd. Let's, Let's go to David. Look at Psalms 119, 174. Read this. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. So let's put it into what we were talking about. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to live beneath my privilege. I long for your salvation, Lord. Now, 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 there's some people that don't long for God. But guess what? Y'all wouldn't be in here if that was y'all. Y'all wouldn't be wasting your time on a Sunday morning when you could be watching March Madness and you could be doing anything else. Y'all wouldn't be logged in online. So I'm not going to talk to y'all like y'all don't care. Y'all care because you're here. So David says, I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let's look at verse 75. Let me live that I may praise you and may your law sustain me. Let's look at verse 76. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your command. I like this. David says, I have strayed like a lost sheep. So he's, David's like the rest of us. Even one thing I love about the Old Testament, when you look at those people, they were no better than us. They messed up all the time. So we all in the same boat. And David said, I've strayed like a lost sheep. But I like what he says. Let's put the verse back up. And I'll, I'll point out what I want to point out. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Then this is what David says, seek your servant. In other words, instead of making me find my way back to you, God, God, come after me when I get lost. Now, now we we can pretend like, maybe some of y'all are, uh, and maybe I'm talking to the wrong folks. I'm going to talk to the folk online because the people in here, y'all perfect, and y'all don't never mess up. But to the people online, maybe y'all like me, sometimes even though you long for salvation, you still end up lost. But here's what you need to tell God. God, if I ever end up lost, don't leave me like that. I want you to seek me. I I want you to find me. I want you to come after me, God. David said this. He said, Lord, whatever you do, don't take your presence away from me. God, don't leave me in my sin. Don't leave me in my addiction. Don't leave me in my mess. Don't leave me in my hurt. Don't leave me in my depression. Come after me, God. Because every now and then, I get a little hard-headed. Every now and then, I get a little stubborn. Every now and then, I, I do things my own way. So, God, come after me. Now, I need to tell you this. When 
you tell God to seek after you, God may send the seeking in the form of a person. And don't be telling that person, stay out of my business. No, God sent them for you because you ain't been to church in seven months and they trying to bring you out of the mess that you in. So don't get mad when God sends somebody to seek you. We all get lost sometimes, but we need to be sought. If tomorrow I don't show up from coming, going to work all night and I don't show up, there's going to be a few minutes, but Lady Devon's going to try to find out where are you. If she can't get my phone, she's going to check with the people I talk to. Have you heard from him? It won't be very long before the police will be called because she knows this is not like him. And so when we have people in our life who begin to fall, we shouldn't judge them and walk away from them. We need to call angels and we need to call God. God rescue them. God, God help them. Don't leave them like that because we don't want the lost to stay lost. We want the lost to be found. Now here's the thing. When you are not lost, you don't have the urgency when somebody else is lost. In other words, let me say it this way. When you're in trouble, you want the whole world to pray for you. But when somebody else is in trouble, it ain't crossed your mind. I'm so grateful that people here have been praying for the folk in Ukraine, even though it doesn't affect us, they're human beings. So you ought to care when somebody else is going through. What would it be like to wake up not knowing if bombs are going to hit your house or missiles are going to hit your land? We ought to be caring about somebody else because we all get lost sometimes. And when I'm having trouble, I want somebody to come after me. So what we ought to do, we ought to go after somebody else. All right, let's, let's look at how Paul says it. Let's get a little deeper in, into this idea of being lost. Romans 7, 18. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. All right, once again, this ain't for the perfect people. This is for just the regular folk, like, like, like me and the online folk. Not, not, not for none of y'all perfect people in here, but for the other folk. Paul says, in me, in my, my, my nature, there's nothing good in there. Now, I know some of y'all, 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 y'all been speaking in tongues ever since you were two months old. I ain't talking about y'all. I mean, the rest of us who, who sometimes take two steps forward and three steps back and, and, and have, have pressures and have tendencies and have what we call proclivities and propensities. Those are big words for saying we have weaknesses. Everybody's not weak to the same thing, but some of us are weak to certain things. I say it all the time, you can't tempt me with no chitterlings. Ain't nothing you can do to tempt me with some sin with some chitterlings, because I don't want nothing to do with chitterlings. Can't really tempt me with that, but some cheesecake. Some sweet potato pie, some... There's some stuff you can tempt me with. You can't tempt me with cocaine because I've never done it. But I still know what a good woman looks like. Even though I'm married, I'm not blind. 
So I understand if I'm not careful, even though I'm a pastor and I've been married 22 years, if I'm not careful, I can get lost. When we went on vacation, we, we went uh, to Myrtle Beach and we, we stepped by the beach and walked by the water. And I was reminding my kids that you have to be careful when you walk by ocean water. It's not like pool because it has a way of pulling the sand from underneath you. And you, you the, the, the tide will be over there a few minutes and the next minute the tide will be right up by your ankles. How is that possible? Because the tide has a way of sweeping you away. And let me tell you, sin is worse than the ocean. You can stick your feet in it and think you're okay. And the next thing you know, the water is over your head. And we've all, even though we're saved, we've stepped into stuff we wish we never stepped into. Now that I, Mother Rankin, now that I have a dog at the house, every now and then in my yard, I step into some stuff that I didn't plan on stepping into. Yeah, you saved and sanctified, but every now and then you step in some stuff. But I'm so glad that even though I stepped in some stuff, I got a shepherd that doesn't mind me when I stink. He can clean me up even when I'm funky. He can clean me up even when I'm messed up. He can clean me up even when I'm hurting. He can clean me up even when I'm falling. Because even though I'm bad, he's still good. And he's still good because he's still God. So let's hear Paul talk some more. Let's look at verse 19. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Every now and then, I end up doing what I don't want to do, even though I want to do right, I end up doing something different. I didn't plan on doing it, but just that moment I let my guard down and it was over. But one sin can ruin a whole bunch of stuff. Just one. And so we have to be honest like Paul. The good that I want to do, it's not always as easy as I want it to be. I wish I could snap my fingers and everything be okay. But it just doesn't work like that. Let's continue to read. Let's look at verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Oh, that's good. Now, here's here's the problem. This is the reason why it's good that Paul brings that up, because it's not you, it's the sin. Because here's the thing that's so horrible about the devil is he will tempt you to do it, and then when you do it, he'll beat you up because you did it. But even if you fall and do it, you have to understand it wasn't you that did it. It was the sin that did it. So what you can do, you can divorce yourself from the sin and then you can still preserve you. The reason why many people give up because they say, I'm no good. No, maybe what you did was no good, but you're still good because you still have the good shepherd leading and guiding you. So don't worry about what you did. You've got to get up from what you did, and you've got to move on. Well, pastor, I'm tired of failing. I know. So am I. I'm tired of you failing too. But guess what? You're human. I'm human. There's no need in us being stuck in the past. What we going to do moving forward. So guess what? Get up and let's try to do it again. 
How ignorant would it be when my kids first start trying to walk and the first time they fail, I said, forget them. These dumb kids ain't never going to walk. Or I take them to the doctor and say, I don't know what's wrong. You got to fix their legs. They won't walk. Well, what happened to them? Well, the first time they tried, they failed. No, that's how you learn in this life. You learn through falling and keep getting back up. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up eight. The only thing that will stop you is if you do not get up. And in this church, we are some get-uppers. We're going to keep getting up. All right. Let's, let's read verses 21 and 22, or 21 and actually 24. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Yes, let's look at verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? If you finish reading Romans 7, he tells us who rescues him. And if you're in this church, you already know who rescues him. But I want to tell you the way Ezekiel said it. So let's put Ezekiel up. So that's the next one we're going to go to. Let's look at Ezekiel uh, 34 and 11. Let's see what he says. Well, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. So if the sheep were lost, he said, I will look after them. Continue to read verse 12. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. So the answer is the shepherd said, I'm going to rescue the sheep. Paul said, who's going to rescue us, this messed up lost sheep that we are? The shepherd says, don't worry, I'll come after you. Don't worry, I'll come find you. And here's the thing, I'm so good at what I do, I can find you in clouds and darkness. So sometimes we get out there while it's day, And we make it back while it's day. But sometimes we get out there and we get stuck in the night. And I mean spiritual night. Spiritual night is when not only have you just sinned, but sin has taken a hold of you. Where you can't get out even if you try. Now, some of us have been in that space where, yeah, yeah, we we know God, we love God, but we got this one thing. The scripture calls it a stronghold. Uh, it's some stuff that we can get in and out of, but there's other stuff that holds on for a long time. And that those will take you through some dark seasons and dark moments because you never know what you will do until you've done it. There's stuff you say, I'll never do that until it was done. I, I, I told people when I went to college, I'll never drink because my mama and daddy taught me about it. But once I was drinking every day, I realized what I never do, I was doing because I was in a dark season. Yeah. But I serve a shepherd that will find you not just in the day, but will find you in the dark. Because whether it's day or dark, he still is the light. Yeah. Yeah. And since he still is the light, In light, he'll find you. In dark, he'll find you. In clouds, he'll find you. In rain, he'll find you. In storms, he'll find you. In tornadoes, he'll find you. In a hurricane, he'll find you. In an earthquake, he'll find you. Because he's still God. And he's still a good, good father and a good, good shepherd. 
All right, let's 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 continue to read verse twelve. As a shepherd, excuse looks, me, we, we read that already. Let's go to the next one, verse fifteen. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. Verse sixteen. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. It seems like he specializes in the messed up cases and the messed up people because he says, I'll go after them. But he says, I'm going to destroy the strong ones. What he means is the ones who know they're weak and know they're in darkness, I'll come and grab you, them and rescue them. But the ones who think they are that. And think they don't need God. And they think that they all that in a bag of chips. And they think they better than everybody else. The worst thing about some Christian folk is they think they the cat's meow. They think they're better than everybody else. Just because you've never smoked and you've never drank and you was a virgin when you got married don't mean you're better than the person who done all those things. It's the one who has God as their focus and God as their goal and God as their savior. And there are some religious folk that think they're going to crack heaven wide open, but they don't have a relationship with God. And there's some broken folk out there in the street calling out to God, and God going to grab them and skip over the other folk. And I hope we are a church where the unholy can feel comfortable. The broken can feel okay. They feel like this is a hospital. And the moment I step in, I can get some help because this is deliverance temple. And if I come broken, I can be delivered. If I come jacked up, I can be delivered. If I come messed up, I can be delivered. If I come in grief, I can be delivered. If I come hold up, I can be delivered. Whatever I need, I can be delivered. Yes, I'm a lost sheep, but I serve a good, good shepherd. Let me, let, me, let me just throw a few more things just for anything. I may be hoish, but I can be delivered. I may be addicted, but I can be delivered. I, I, I may be broken, but I can be delivered. That's the nature of this church. I say it all the time. If you want to be perfect, go find perfect temple. This is deliverance temple. And what I've learned is in this life, life will run you so ragged. Everybody needs some kind of deliverance somewhere. And this is the place where you can get it. Of course, we're not the only place. But guess what? For the people who get us, they understand the special thing about who we are. All right, let's, let, let's read 25. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. Verse 26. Now, of course, Ezekiel is prophesying to what God is saying. Read. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessings. So, Pastor Andre, why do y'all be talking about checks in the mail and all that stuff? That's not important to your salvation. You are absolutely right. 
But what God says as the shepherd, when I rescue the sheep, I don't just rescue the sheep, but I also bless the sheep. Even though the sheep have been lost, I bless the sheep, even though the sheep are messed up. And even though the people in the back, Draylon again, have lost, I'm still going to bless the sheep. So what's beautiful about God and his showers of blessing, here's the, what are showers for? They're for dirty people. So we assume that you got to get cleaned up to get blessed. But a shower works even when you're dirty. It actually works better when you're dirty. If you showered at 8 a.m., you really shouldn't need to shower at 8.15 a.m. You should be okay. But if you shower at 8 a.m., you might need to shower by 8 p.m. If you shower at 8 a.m., you may need to shower by 8 a.m. the next day. So here's what I need you to understand. When you go through life and you go through the world and challenges hit you and you get lost, and while you lost, you get dirty, I don't want you to believe, well, I can't get blessed till I get cleaned up. God will bless you to show you how good he is. The Bible says it is the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. I'm here to let you know the showers of blessings are coming for God's people. If you receive it, just go ahead and say, God, shower on me. Shower on me, Lord. Verse 31. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. So so let's put up one, uh, another, uh, we're actually going two more. We're going to take some from the New Testament. Let's say what Jesus said himself, the good shepherd himself. Let's see how he says it. Let's look at Luke 15, 4. This is, he tells a parable. Let's, how does he say it? Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Until he finds it. So Jesus tells of himself, he says, the way we do it is... If the 99 are doing okay, we don't focus on the 99, we look for the lost one. In some church circles, we only celebrate the ones doing good. Oh, you got a job, bless the Lord. Oh, you got married, bless the Lord. Oh, you got divorced, shame on you. No, 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 the Bible says that the good shepherd goes after the one that messed it all up. Because what he understands is we all are together. So even if the 99 are going in the right direction, when the one is lost, it messes up everything. So I need you to know that if you get lost, we're coming after you. Because Jesus goes after the lost sheep. And I'm glad to know that because I've been the lost sheep. And you're glad to know that because you've been the lost sheep. And online, you're glad to know that because you've been the lost sheep. And Draylon, I know you're glad to know it because today you've been the lost sheep. <laughs> Let's look at Luke 15, 5 through 6. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Hold on, I'm going to stop just for a second. He joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Uh, uh, 
Brother uh, Draylon, we're going to keep it on the middle camera because I think I want to go ahead and do a demonstration. I'm, I'm going to hope I still got enough energy to do it. This is the lost sheep. Oh, he picks up the sheep and puts it on his shoulder. This is not comfortable for me, but it's comfortable for the lost sheep because now he don't have to walk by himself. Yes. Because I've taken the burden and I've put the burden on my shoulder. And the Bible says he joyfully puts it on his shoulder. He's happy that he found the lost sheep. And I'm here to let you know when it looks like you only have one set of footprints, it's because the good shepherd has picked you up and puts you on his shoulder. And he's carrying you where you need to be. Now, this podium was down on the ground, but I'm about to lift it up high because I'm taking it from the ground and I'm setting it where it should belong. I'm here to let you know you may be down, but I serve a shepherd that will put you right where you belong. Right under the cross. And somebody says, well, when you put it up, all this stuff fell out of it. Yes. All the junk in your life is falling off. All the mess in your life is falling off. All the pain in your life is falling off. Because we have a good, good shepherd. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Good shepherd. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 7. I tell you that in the same way. There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. You see how y'all were standing up and just shouting and clapping for the message? Every time a sinner gets blessed, the angels in heaven, they rise to their feet and they cheer them on. I'm so glad we're in a church where the sinner can get some deliverance. We're not here to laugh at them. We're not here to talk about them. But we're here to celebrate them because we need us all. That's right, clap, baby girl. See over there clapping. Because what the world needs now, this ain't scripture, is love, more love. As, as we, we only have one, one scripture, but as we move on, let me, let me say this. There's something happening around the globe, so to speak. You, you, you'll see it if, if you happen to be a social media person. You see something called TikTok. There's something called deconstruction. And there's people who are deconstructing their faith. There are people who are leaving the church in groves because the God of the Bible don't match the people in the church. The people in the church have been so mean, evil, and rude that the people have mixed up and thought those people represent God. And so they're walking away from the church. But guess what? When they do that, that makes them right for the good shepherd to find them. Because they're getting lost, but they will be found. Amazing grace. How sweet the sign that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And guess what is going to happen? 
There's going to be a mass exodus from all these stuck up, snotty, no anointed churches. And these people are going to get lost for a season, but then they're going to start running to the churches that are hospitals. And guess what? I know a church that's a hospital. So the empty seat that's by you now, it won't be empty forever. Because there is a revival coming. And people, once they get delivered, they're going to look for somebody that they can find love. And guess where they're going to find it? They're going to find it right in here. And I prophesy there's many other churches around the globe that are going to be warehouses for these people to come in where they will be celebrated because they're a sinner. See, some people think you have to clean yourself up to come to church. Ooh, he came into church with all them tattoos. Good. I'm glad he did. Bring them on. Ooh, he, he or she was gay and they came to church. Yes, I'm glad they did. I want everybody to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, what about the transgender? Well, do we, got, do we still got a seat left? Come on. Because we have love for everybody. Now the question you might ask, well, Pastor Andre, do you agree with everything? It's not about what I agree with. It's about the good shepherd going after the lost sheep. So my opinion does not matter. If God saves them, they have a place right here. But Pastor, what if God saves them but then leaves them like they are? That ain't none of my business. When they get to heaven, God can deal with them. I'm just going to keep preaching the word of God and loving people. But Sister Ruthie, they they may smell like weed when they get here. So what? They might even legalize it. So what? I may have to have a weed section. Y'all come in. We're going to preach the word of God. And I'm going to let God do the cleaning up. I'm going to do the preaching. God will do the cleaning Now, I I won't be smoking none of it. I'm going to keep doing the preaching. All right. One final verse from one man. This is from uh, Peter. Actually, when, when they flash Peter up on the screen, just keep that up just for a second. It's good that he was used to write this verse because Peter was the one that denied him. You can come off. You can come off of that slide, but. He was the one who said, I'll go all the way with you, God. And as soon as the rubber met the road, he denied him. And so much so that he got to cussing. But what did Peter say? The final verse. Read it, Mother Mitchell. For you were like sheep going astray. He's quoting from Isaiah 53, which we already talked about. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Ah. What puts us in all in the same boat? We all were like sheep gone astray, but we returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. So guess what? We got a reason to rejoice because we're back. When Michael Jordan retired, he came back after his first retirement and there was only a two word uh, press conference and it was simply said 
I'm back. I need to tell the devil, I'm back. I need to tell my haters, I'm back. I need to tell my trouble, I'm back. Yeah, I was knocked down, but I'm back because I got a good, good shepherd. I was a lost sheep, but I'm back. Final point, and we'll stand to our, our feet. Let's rise to our feet, and they'll put this up. Reason why it's okay to sometimes be a lost sheep is because we have such a good shepherd we can always run to. Man, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious heavenly Father God, you are the only thing that matters in our life. God, we've been through ups and downs. We've been on fire for you and we've also been lost. But God, I'm praying that every lost sheep would be found. I'm praying you would wrap your arms around us all. You pull us where we need to be. Put us back on the team and give us one assignment that we would help you grab more lost sheep and bring them into the fold. Now, Father God, if there's anybody anywhere that does not know you as the pardon of their sins. God, God, God I pray today even specifically for people in the Ukraine who may not know you and there's a missile headed their way. I'm praying somehow the gospel would reach them before it is too late. And God, as we declare these things, God, we declare it in the atmosphere that it would reach the people that it needs. So guys, let's repeat this together. Father God, we thank you for sending your son for all of our sins. We all were lost, but you sent us the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for the lost sheep. And God, we're praying that you would save everyone that's lost. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You are dismissed.